battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Lead Pursuit Podcast. Tonight, we're back with two of the criminals who continue to steal hours from our days with their gathering of stinky gamers. Yes, that's right. We're talking about the guys from Adepticon, Mike Rafferty and Don Ayers. Welcome to the Lead Pursuit Podcast, guys. How are you doing? Good. Just prepping for my trial at The Hague next week. <laughs> Excellent. Don, what I'm, trouble have you gotten in? Uh, nothing lately. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good, good. Glad to have you guys on. We uh, we were happy to do this episode 100 for Adepticon because once again, Adepticon is where the terrible idea of the Lead Pursuit podcast started. And that terrible idea is good idea. Ferry is on tonight. Brett, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Somebody's going to need to remind me what I do for a living come tomorrow. Yeah, I know. We've all been uh, on these back-to-back vacations and holidays and extra days. And yeah, I, I don't know what my job is. I've forgotten. Speaking of people who've forgotten about their job and forgotten how to count and can't come up with a 500-point list, Steve, how's everything in the Great White North? It's great. It was actually a balmy 50 degrees here today. I don't know. Florida's looking looking uh, not quite as appealing right now. Not as appealing? Brett, what was it, 80 degrees down there in Florida? Yeah, that's yeah, we're disturbing. pushing 80s, and uh, I think it's going to be the mid-80s in a couple of days. <laughs> no thanks. I enjoyed my 60-some-odd degree day here in Alabama. That was plenty warm uh, to, to deal with the middle of winter. And of course, it'll be back below freezing here next week, but that's all right. Anyway, what are we going to talk about tonight? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about where Lead Pursuit has come from, besides the you know, seventh level of hell uh, to torture you all. But we're going to talk also a little bit about Adepticon. And we're going to prep for Adepticon 2023 because here shortly registration will open and we're going to want to talk about all those things. But for those of you who don't have calendars or don't follow the Lead Pursuit Facebook page or see all the spamming we make about Adepticon, Adepticon is going to go 22 to 26 March, Schaumburg, Illinois. Uh, if you aren't there, you're a loser. Let's just leave it that way. Because it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, of course, I say that now I'll break a leg and not be able to go to Adepticon and be a loser. But that's all right. Uh, that is the biggest event we have on the schedule right now. If you want to ask, what is Lead Pursuit doing in 2023? I wish I knew. I have really no idea. We're still working the schedule. Uh, we know there's some cool events we want to make it to, but we know there's a lot going on in everyone's life. Speaking of things going on, rather than doing an Intel update and talking about a bunch of uh, random crap people could buy... Uh, let's talk about another terrible idea, almost as terrible as the Lead Pursuit podcast, but just slightly less terrible. Steve, I have heard that Blue Falcon Hobbies doesn't have a Jam of the Month Club, but they've got a Decal of the Month Club. Tell us about that. Yes, Decal of the Month Club in place of all Christmas bonuses from here on out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we're just kicking around some ideas uh, for a Patreon, and uh, everybody likes getting fun mail to kind of uh, dilute down the bills and all that kind of stuff that comes. So uh, $5 a month, 
entry-level Patreon to get you a 1-200 scale squadron decal sheet sent direct to your door on the first of every month. And then there are some other levels you can join at to get two decal sheets or a custom decal sheet or have uh, voting privileges on the next month decal sheet. Uh, But yeah, check out the Blue Falcon Hobbies Patreon and join up on that decal, uh, decal sheet of the month club. Cool. So what's the easiest way to find you? Is it linked off of the Blue Falcon Hobby site? Eh, probably or? Facebook, right? I mean, everything's <laughs> on Facebook. Go to Blue Falcon Hobbies on Facebook. And I think if you could just go to Patreon and search Blue Falcon Hobbies on Patreon, it will come up like that. And certainly if you have any questions, uh, shoot a shoot a Facebook message over and uh, we'll see if we can help you out. But, you know, like I said, $5 entry point and uh, just a fun way to kind of get something something fun in the mail every month patreon.com slash another terrible lead pursuit idea. Now, this is, it's going to be fun. I'm glad you're doing it. Uh, I do laugh because the last thing right now I need is more decals. I need a commission painter first and then I need a commission decal guy. Uh, so <laughs> I will not be in your Patreon because <laughs> if my uh, stack of shame gets any higher, then I'm going to need a shelf just for decals. It's, it's getting bad. Brett, I don't know how yours is. I, th- I think uh, during the pandemic, I spent way too much money on miscellaneous miniatures, decals. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I need to. I need to get more decals because I need to get more painting done, right? So I've got a bit of a queue going, but uh, I need to get my butt back in gear when it comes to hobby progress. This whole vacation time, yeah, you would think I would have been doing a bunch of painting, but I think I only dedicated one day of the like week or so that I was off, maybe two weeks I was off to any kind of painting. The rest of the time, I was goofing around, not painting. I saw I saw a, yeah, a, I I had grand plans and none of it right? got done. I saw a so. meme today though that I almost forwarded to you. It said, "I don't mean to brag, but I haven't purchased any new models this year." <laughs> yeah, I I can say that because I did all my purchasing on December thirtieth. Uh, but I we'll talk failed. about that later. In all the other bad ideas, Mike, have you uh, wasted any of your hard earned uh, holiday money already? Oh yeah, I had to get some more. Uh, Civil War models for a project we're doing. <laughs> I think I ordered <laughs> nice. them around twelve fifteen. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, I I managed to uh, hold off and get all my stuff done early with Amazon, and then say uh, it's a moratorium for a while. I have a lot to build. But anyway, let's let's not talk about Lead Pursuit. We'll talk about those guys later. Let's talk Adepticon. So, like we said, the dates starting Wednesday twenty two March, going to Sunday twenty six March. Um, the Lead Pursuit crew, we're going to be in and out for a variety of days, uh, but at least some of us will be there from Wednesday to Monday, uh, and then we will schlep our sorry, hungover, tired selves back to our real jobs. Um, you know, let's let's get a little background, uh, Mike, on you and Don. You know, we've talked before, um, but, you know, tell us about your past Adepticon history and either some of the highs or lows, uh, like inviting the Lead Pursuit podcast to assist you, uh, you know, the highs and lows of some of those previous uh, Adepticons. Yeah, and obviously that's going to be pretty high on the lows list. But I actually am trying to remember when my first Adepticon was, but it was 2008, 2009, I think. So, I mean, it's nice. you know it's been going 12, 14 years. I've actually been volunteering almost since I started. I was a Warhammer Fantasy 7th Edition judge my first year. And I, I'd like to point out, I did not know the fantasy rules at all. And basically, <laughs> you don't have to be, be a judge, just, be, just be, yeah, be arbitrary, you know. Either that, yeah, exactly, or, or hide, uh, hide yeah. back behind the uh, the food vendors. <laughs> yeah, I'm not still not sure how I got roped into doing that. Um, 
But, you know, I mean, it's Adepticon is a great convention. You know, we have a really good crew of volunteers that help out immensely. And, you know, I made a lot of friends um, through this. So it's like Adepticon isn't just a convention I go to. It's almost like a family reunion. Right. At this right. point, you know, I spent two weeks ago, I went to the head guy Hank's house for a week to build terrain. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like a terrible his, thing to have to do. Yeah. Working his terrain mines in his garage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the terrain sweatshop in the garage. I'm hoping the Legion maybe, players appreciate all the good terrain. That we have yeah, maybe that's what I should do here. Maybe I should draft Matt to come over and uh, and assemble some AI terrain because I'm, I'm oh, behind you should the see power it. curve. Uh, so. He'll get 15, 20 people over there building terrain, painting terrain and you know, it's something that we really pride ourselves on is that we want good terrain for our events. Oh, you know, we like cinematic battlefields. We want to look, you know, we want that to be a, a net positive when you come to Adepticon. And especially with Games Workshop, constantly adjusting terrain rules. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you got to stay live with them. And also we like our tables to look interesting. We don't want just, hey, here's 150 tables of the exact same terrain. Right, right. Yeah, they the the tables for forty k and well for everything. I, I'll be honest, it, all of them uh, look good uh, at Adepticon. That's kind of what kept dragging us into so many different games. Well, Don, tell us about your past Adepticon experiences. I mean, besides your your obvious high of last year meeting the Lead Pursuit team and getting to play Blood Red Skies with us, uh, what else have has gone on in your Adepticon history? Well, I'll just say if if that was a high for me, I don't want to experience any lows. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, my, That's a high. We can't go any lower. Yeah, my history is uh, pretty short with uh, with Adepticon. Um, I've known Mike for years, um, and they would always talk about Adepticon, but I always it was just never my thing. You know, I'm not a big convention person. It's just well, um, I decided to go. Uh, my first convention was the one right before COVID hit, and. I liked it so much. I had such a great time that I'm trying to figure out a way to convince them to do it more than once a year, just so that I can do it more often. So I did it two now. Yeah. This last one was my second one and uh, time of my life, time of my life. It, it's a uh, it's stressful. It's uh, a lot of uh, last second changes uh, to, to get events and things going right. for people. But it, it was, uh, like I said, time of my life. Wouldn't, wouldn't change a bit of it. You guys do a great job uh, running the historical side, and it's, it, all the volunteers at Adepticon are awesome. And I think it was funny last year, or not, yeah, I guess it was last year, uh, the first time that we tried to run events as Lead Pursuit officially on the calendar and realized that, um, you know, we different emails were assigned to different events and, and nobody had all the events in their, uh, in their calendar. Uh, it was funny how helpful everyone was. They just were like, okay, you obviously are a first time event person. You don't know what you're doing. So yeah, it was, uh, everyone's always helpful. It's a lot of fun to, uh, to go through and to meet the crew. Cause we were talking about it and I, I was having a senior moment there. I couldn't remember how many Adepticons I'd been to. I had to go back and look at all the challenge coins on the, on the wall behind me. Um, but I think Chris and I did two of them in uh, 17 and 18. Then we suckered Brett into joining us in, in 19. And 2019 was the terrible, the, I guess we'll call it the Adepticon of Terrible Ideas. How's that sound? Uh, long-term listeners in the podcast know that Chris and Brett and I were, were driving back, going back to, to Grand Rapids in the car from, uh, from Schaumburg. And Brett what was your innocent comment that you just kind of threw out in passing? You said something like, hey, we should do a podcast. 
you know, everybody has a podcast, right? <laughs> everyone has a podcast. Podcasting's easy. We, we hadn't even taken that. the cellophane yeah. off our boxes, and, right? At that point. Yeah, literally, we had not unpacked any bit of our Blood Red Skies stuff yet. We had played one demo game, and I let Brett talk us into doing a podcast, uh, which has been a hell of a lot of fun, Brett. So thank you for that. I, I got I to gotta tell you, this has been a hell of a lot of fun and a pleasant change from uh, the slog of aviation photography as as a business, uh, but to, to doing a podcast as a business. But in the scheme of bad ideas, this was a terrible one. Oh, but it's been fun. So yeah, from then on, we, we started Lead Pursuit Podcast. Uh, obviously missed a couple of years of Adepticon with the pandemic, but then put everything back together 2022 to go back and drug Steve along as one of the newer members of the Lead Pursuit team. And uh, I think we all had way too much fun. Uh, at the at 2022, or at least that's what the photos of someone after drinking margaritas is. So, uh, <laughs> Brett is the guy that that should he frustrate you at the Blood Red Skies table? Should he be mean to you in the tournament? Just go buy him margaritas afterwards, and then he's happy. Brett, <laughs> everything's good. Steve and I'll have to pick up the pieces after that, but but no. So uh, 2022 was a good year for us, uh, Mike. You guys, you and Don, really rolled out the red carpet for us. Uh, so thank you for that. It was it was nice to be a first time event host there at Adepticon. Uh, and you guys uh, really took care of us. Hopefully, we didn't make too much trouble for you, and hopefully, nobody's like, "Who are those jerks over there cursing a lot?" That's surprisingly no. I mean, I don't know. I had a few margaritas and we had a fun game of Blood Red Skies, so Yeah, exactly. Everything worked out. Uh well actually I, I, I still remember that uh, I pitched out of teaching you all that game and, and Mike Lewis taught you all, which was great because it saved me. I had scenarios. Oh Mike to write Lewis for is a AI. great guy. Like Yeah, he he's the one everybody yeah, he should feel bad for. Game. He had to sit yeah, next to me with exactly. a bunch of tequila <laughs> on board. <laughs> Exactly. So we get at least uh, one night we can drink. Exactly, <laughs> and I, I owe him. He's he's done a lot of events uh, with us uh, between Vicksburg and some other places. So NashCon. So it's always always good to see him. So hopefully uh, he will be up at uh, uh, Adepticon. I know I know we have a lot of the uh, Lead Pursuit followers trying to make it up there and trying to go to some of the events. So we'll see how that all is going to shake out. But let's talk less about us and more about the event. So Adepticon twenty three still split venue. So tell us a little bit about the goods of the Hyatt. I know, I know there's, there's Mike, it's, it's the internet. There's always people that are going to give you all the negatives. Give oh, us the sure. goods. Cause, because we enjoyed it over there. Sure. There's some things that we got to talk about and got to talk about in planning, but tell us what kind of things you as the Adepticon staff really enjoyed about having for the Hyatt. So one of the big things, like when we, we plan for the Marriott, it is down to almost every inch of table space layout is planned because we have every year you know 40k is growing fantasy flight is growing games workshop keeps releasing new games you know not to mention i mean screw those guys releasing aeronautica (laughs) now we have another 10 tables going away for that exactly so it's you know every year vendors want more space tournament organizers want more space everyone wants more space but there's a finite number of tables you know we can fit at the marriott and we're you know approaching that we're as efficient as we can. So you know, the biggest advantage of the Hyatt is if your event wants to grow, we have the space to accommodate you over there. We can play around with table layout. You, know, you want to run an event game and have some unique t- table layout because Arnhem needs to be in a U-shape for some reason. Yeah, we can accommodate that over there. You can't get that at 
the Marriott, just because that's a little more geared towards tournaments where we're gearing to Hyatt more towards our unique historical flow and, you know, any other events that might end up over there or want to come over there, we can cater to your needs. Well, and last year there were what I would call a historical, not non-historical events Mm -hmm. going on over there. So there's, there's always a mix. And and I'll be honest for the people that listen to us that are uh, interested in playing Aeronautica Imperialis, there's, there's a draw for me to not want to set up on the GW tables over at, the uh over at the marriott but part of the problem is it's also great to be there with other people playing the associated game system so it's always there's always this this kind of dynamic there for some of some of those pros and smaller games yeah you know i have a lot of friends over at the marriott and i'm going to make now that i'm not running games each day and we've had a year under our belts to kind of get the feel for everything you know, I, I feel a little more comfortable spending a little more time over to Marriott, seeing my friends and checking stuff out over there. Um, you know, that being said, we did look at one of the issues of getting between the hotels was a little rough. Just due uh, to- you were going to talk about the 700 pound gorilla. I was not going to bring it up yet, but <laughs> let's talk I, transportation. Know, <laughs> yeah. So we actually went to. So last year we had one paid shuttle and then the Hyatt shuttle. Assuming the highest shell was going to be on some kind of schedule, it really wasn't. And the transport situation wasn't what. Did you say well, assuming? What, you said assuming. I said assuming. <laughs> we assumed yeah. and we had asses made of us, but that's all exactly. right. Exactly. And, you know, it's it's not what we want as Adepticon. I mean, you can look at other conventions, you know, Gen Con, I believe Origins is multi venue. Yep. They yep. have good transportation, good ways to get between hotels and you know we looked at this year so we went from one page shuttle to two page shuttles the entire convention three page shuttles on friday and saturday right yeah and And sunday i think i think that will alleviate it all of course you know once again we'll see what happens rubber meets the road when we're we're actually out there uh, executing the event but i think that will alleviate a lot of the Frustration, I guess I'll say, from from some of the either the historical gamers or the non-historical gamers who want to come over and see what was going on in historicals or or come right. over and, and catch up with some of their friends that were over there. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Hopefully everything will work smoothly uh, and there won't be any uh, any big delays and people can swap back and forth between the venues. Because I'll be honest, I I I love being over in the Renaissance. The Renaissance is great. The food is awesome. Hotel. The beer is cold. <laughs> it's it's awesome. But a lot of those same good things are going on at the Hyatt. And I know I was super skeptical last year prior to Adepticon. But when we would take a break and go get a sandwich or go get a beer or do those things, the Hyatt was still the same level of support. You, you weren't missing anything. Um, okay, so maybe you didn't have the 17 different pizza vendors, whatever. Um, but, you know, it... All of to me, you still had all the same on-site support, and so I appreciate the fact that you guys had that last year, and, and hopefully, the Hyatt just continues to grow that that offering for us. If anything, the beer is actually cheaper at the Hyatt, so actually, it probably a- is. I, I <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think uh, we should have brought Chris along because Chris used to be our uh, our beer maid uh, during uh, when we played Zone Mortalis. Uh, so we had no one to go fetch us beers <laughs> while we were uh, while we were playing Blood Red Skies this time. But uh, I think, I, th- I in my opinion, it was everything was super convenient. So obviously, for Blood Red Skies, we were in kind of one of the corner rooms. It was right 
right down from the coffee and sandwich vendor. So it was always yes. easy for me to go go grab some food and get back into the game. But I think for most everybody, it's not that big of a hotel. So you're just stepping out of the main ballroom or whatever, going around the corner, grabbing some food, sitting down if you want to, bringing it back, you know, and, and continuing to game. You know, and I think you're correct on that. It's just access in everything is easier to the bar, to food. Even if you're trying to go outside for food, we have that uh, was it City Tap right there? You know, that's yep. a fantastic restaurant. There's, I think Smash Burgers right across the road or something like that. Whatever yeah. is over there. Yeah, there's, there's a Five Eleven Tactical Store across the street next to DXL. But what? What? <laughs> Brett's got to go right? get his Tactical on. <laughs> exactly. You know, sometimes you need your uh, Molly bag to carry your well, matches around in. Well, so so I have to share this because people who know me know that I tend to dress a little Tactical, and it is kind of funny because Brett's the guy wearing his Tactical multicam hat tonight. Uh, so I feel like he's being more five eleven than I am, but. Uh, the last at, at Adepticon 22, I spent way too much money because we walked in to Dick's Sporting Goods and they were having a sale on like Patagonia stuff, which is crazy expensive and stupid anyway. Um, but so it was like half price and only marginally expensive and stupid. Uh, but it was once again freezing cold. And had I brought enough cold weather gear uh, for for Adepticon? No, I hadn't. So I needed more cold weather gear. So I think I spent as much on cold weather clothes as I did on miniatures. Uh, for Adepticon, but that that's fine. I'll, I'll stay away from the 511 store. <laughs> well, in the weather situation, it's, you know, we've had it's always severe a crap storms shoot. towards flooding. We've yeah. had snow. We've had 60 degrees followed by snow. It's it's Chicago weather in March. Just roll the die. Yeah, exactly. And so I failed to remember that and plan ahead uh, and ended up uh, freezing my ass off. So well, I you had to go buy southern states gear. where it's warm. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Where it's warm, where it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the, the things that you guys are going to have set up in the Hyatt venue. I know there well, we've talked about there's obviously a restaurant on site. There's a there's a quick food vendor, coffee shop, whatever that you can go in there. Tell us about vendors and some of the other setups that you guys have for this year. So something we're looking at doing this year and, you know, with John Russell's support from Warlord, we are looking to actually have a Warlord, I say, pop-up booth there. You know, kind of like a smaller, it won't have the full Warlord selection like their booth in the main vendor hall, but it will at least have some product there for people who, hey, you know, you play a game Blood Red Skies, you can go buy a starter box here. Try some bolt action. Here's some stuff. Um, I you know. Play some Doctor Who or some uh, Gates of Antares. Oh, sorry. Yeah, those games. Yeah, those, those games. Oh, well, we don't now. talk Never about mind. those. Those games don't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too soon. Sorry, John. Couldn't so much hate. <laughs> so much hate. Yeah. <laughs> Don, you will appreciate being on this podcast because we're just all bitter and angry. So you'll fit right in with all of us. That's fair. <laughs> I'm a I'm a person of of light. I don't I don't I don't adhere to that hateful yeah, behavior. Exactly. This horrible behavior. Well, yeah, talking to John, it sounds like they are going to have uh I one hopefully it'll be Sherwood uh, War Games will come over and do their uh their smaller on-site there or one of their other guys. Uh, we'll help set that up because that will be good. That that will be convenient for people who need to pick something up or for people who play a demo game and then want to roll over and pick up a starter set or or whatever. Um, but I, I think it's it's good. Hopefully, uh, throughout some of the time, we'll figure out how to draw over some of the accessory vendors. Because let me be honest, why do I go to the main vendor hall? I mean, besides the obvious reason, 
of watching Brett and Steve haggle over chibi My Little Ponies, trying to see who's going to get the best deal. Besides that reason, (laughs) because everyone else can't see on the cameras, they're trying to act innocent like they didn't really do it, and they did. Um, But but besides watching that, it's to go get stuff like acrylic, go get 3D printed terrain, go go get all that accessory crap that we always need um, that actually I think, unless I get a VIG bag, always ends up being the majority of my take from Adepticon is, you know, a bunch of different wound dials, a bunch of more dice, uh, all that kind of stuff. So hopefully you can draw some of those people over. And I know a lot of those are mom and pop operations, so it's tough for them to be in two places at once. Um, but maybe you can find some that'll be historically themed that want to come over and hang out in the historicals and sell to us acrylic addicts. Well, and the nice thing is if this, you know, Warlord booth goes well, it's going to, it'll give us a proof of concept that we can pitch to the other vendors and discuss with them. So, Absolutely. you know, much like even last year, we're still trialing things. We're still figuring things out to try to deliver the best experience. Well, you know, and I know we've talked about it in the past. It It's one of those those technology things where you're like, man, sometimes I wish I could have gone over to the vendor hall, know what's over there, and then be able to surf somebody's, you know, DoorDash listing for <laughs> for their acrylic and go, I know you had either these bases I need or these acrylic markers. Uh, let me uh, let me put an order for those and at least have them held there or have them delivered over later. Um, but things like that always get to be a little bit of a pain. Uh, but maybe, maybe we can technologically uh, beat down the ability to have to be in two places at once. All right, so let's talk about some of the other things that are going on. I know you've got a lot of event hosts that are running events. There's a lot of tournaments going on. Give me the big highlights of what, who is hosting what at Adepticon 23 for the historical regime. So I'll start with the tournaments first. Um, we have Battlefront is going to run a one-day mid-war nationals on Thursday. And then, actually, this is unique. They're actually doing a two-day Team Yankee Nationals. Normally, they do mid-war, late-war, early-war as their two-day Nationals, but this year, they're doing Team Yankee. So that's I all wish we were recording video because it was perfect. Steve yawned right as soon as you said Team Yankee. So <laughs> I think he explores the lead pursuit sentiment there. Yawn, Team Yankee. Team sorry. Yankee is a fine game, and I just love <laughs> I, see, I love Cold War gone hot stuff. And their models oh, are I fantastic. Oh, I do too, but I'm a seven days, I'm a seven days to the river ride. So yeah, I'm, we got to try that. Firmly, I, you, you should. It's cool, so. it, it's different than Team Yankee, and I don't, I don't say this to say that it is, quote, better than Team Yankee. They're just totally different games. Um, I like it because it's still that Cold War gone hot. And sure. to me, it 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 just deals with things differently than Team Yankee. But anyway, like you were saying, Team Yankee, the guys yes. we make fun of. Yeah. So, you know, obviously you guys will be, you know, excited participants in that event. <laughs> Actually, I'll walk by the table and I'll look at people's armor tank parks and wish that I had nice tanks, but I don't. And honestly, that's what gets me is I, I'm not a huge fan of just, hey, here's my 30 tanks and a six by four board but right (laughs) i I understand the tournament play versus more historical play right right it's it's, they're they're all games and so i I always laugh and i'm like i don't care if you're playing crisis protocol or playing or like imperialis whatever there's there's gaminess to it so uh it's not going to be a perfect representation of what you wanted to see get over it play the tournament have fun drink some beer yeah, and that's why I, I personally play here just, you know, one-off games or event historical games. It's not going to test. I usually just look at, hey, here's the org chart. Cool, I'll just build that. <laughs> it's like I have actual companies of things. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's Battlefront's offerings this year. Uh, Firelocks 
doing several games across their game system, um, several scenario event games uh, with Oak and Iron and Blood and Plunder. Um, they're also doing a Blood and Valor tournament, Oak and Iron tournament, and a Blood and Plunder tournament. That's across Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, nice. Good. Good. So it'll be, uh, it'll be good to have a good turnout for all that. Yeah, it's I'm you know I'm excited to see Firelock come over there. I know you know they had some stuff going on last year, so they weren't able to make it. But you know, looking forward to having some good tournaments with them this year. Um, let's see, bold action. So I got to pull this up on the cart page because we have so many different events. It gets hard to like keep track of what all it, do we. It makes my head on. hurt looking at that every every year. It's it literally is event overload. So I'm glad you can process it and sort by Hyatt and not feel like you're scrolling through thousands of pages. I, anytime we bring this up, I have to give Matt a lot of credit. He does the back end work for getting the cart set up with all the software and everything, and it, it it's a lot of work. <laughs> So I give him credit for Absolutely. making everything look as good as it does. <clears throat> um, World Rich, they're going to have a Conflict 47 tournament. I know they were saying they're trying to make more of that game. So it'd be kind of interesting to see what they do with it. I'm of two minds on Weird World War II. I both think it looks cool. And then I also just really don't like it for some reason. But some of the models look pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I haven't jumped there. into it. I, uh, I'll be honest, I liked the aesthetic of dust better than conflict but yeah whatever they're, yeah. they're both weird war stuff um and i was just actually repacking stuff in my hobby room here and i'm like oh look all those dust miniatures that i still haven't finished painting brett you probably have a bunch of those too don't you <laughs> yeah yeah hey, those we're are collector's dust. items now so yeah i guess they are i guess they are all right what else we got um andrew is running bold action doubles and a bold action um yeah, Bold Action Comp Patrol and Bold Action Doubles. And he is a fantastic TO. He ran an event up near Detroit, a tank war tournament. That's the first tournament I played in since a really bad showing at a Flames Award team tournament in 2006. So great tournament, a lot of fun. You know, if you like Bold Action, I'd highly recommend you play in one of his tournaments. Uh, nice. John Russell, I know, is running a bunch of the Total War game, the Combined yeah. Arms. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that comes out. I, I know I picked it up. I think, Doug, you picked up too. I haven't had a chance yep, to yep. play it yet. But that's what I do. See, I buy games. I don't actually play them. <laughs> and I think his is going to be kind of a tweak of of combined arms where rather than combined arms driving the Blood Red Skies bolt action victory at sea boards, it's going to kind of be a little bit reversed. Um, so so if, if people are frustrated with with – combined arms because you find yourself doing a lot before you finally get to the actual game i think you're going to see that what he's doing is going to be different because it's going to be go play your bolt action game then we're going to take the the results of that and apply that to the, the operational level board and see see which of these already pre-deployed forces get knocked out and and how we whittle down the forces at that point yeah and that I, i'm optimistic for it and, you know, it's yeah, definitely yeah. something now with my... I'm optimistic for anyone doing anything. It's it's one of those, you know, knock stuff out, try to set up a game, right? set up something fun, and, and let's see how it plays. And if it hey, sucks, then we'll change it and do something different next yeah. year. <laughs> and if it works, it works. And we're all happy about that. Yeah. I mean, it's like our Aeronautica event last Adepticon, where we totally underbid the number of tables and things that we would need and, and thought, oh, no one's going to want to play this game. Nobody plays Aeronautica. It's just a handful of people. And even then... 
we thought, oh, we just need some really basic scenarios. Nobody's going to bring 250 points of aeronautica planes. And guys showed up with boxes of like seven different air forces of aeronautica airplanes for AI. So yeah, we were totally wrong uh, in what we thought the event would be like. So that's that's why we bid for twice as many tables this year uh, and an hour longer. Uh, so that way we'll have we'll have time to do uh, do some more fun stuff because it, as you know, you guys know because you set these events up and you run them. Convention events are feast or famine. It, it I I rarely see anything between. It's either one guy standing around a table going, "Doesn't anyone want to play with my really big ships? They're really cool," uh, or it's everybody around the table and you. There's not enough seats and you can't get everybody in, and so it's it, it seems like it's always one or the other. Um, and and I guess that's just the the dynamic of conventions. No, you're absolutely right on that, Doug. And that's you know something else I, I mentioned to people trying to register. If you see an event that's full, sign up for the wait list because we do look at absolutely. those absolutely to determine you know extra seats. Like Don can attest to this from last year. We had a market garden game that had I think six extra people signed up for it. And early March, I expanded our forces so we could fit in everybody. Nice, and, you know, frantic last minute pain, of course. Well, and and it worked well years ago for Zone Mortalis when people would sign up and be on the wait list because in, inevitably it was already a small force list. So somebody would drop out because like, yeah, whatever. It's only 500 mm-hmm. points. I, you know, I got to go do something else uh, during that window. And so so you'd have a bunch of wait list of people that would show up with their armies on day of and get, get put in there or they would expand and say, OK, instead of doing 20 you know, Zone Mortalis tables, we're going to do 25. And uh, it was it was super cool for all the heresy guys that were on the wait list to get, actually show up and get to get to play in the event. So I know for, for years, that was always the kind of the standby for Chris and I, as we'd sign up for stuff on the wait list and just, you know, see if we ever got, got rolled into the game, which, yeah. which I will make the other point that even if you don't sign up for the wait list for at least lead pursuit games for our aeronautica or for our, uh, blood red skies, just show up. Show up and we'll figure out where to fit you in. You know, right. we we may have to kick some flames of war guys off another table and, and put another carrier out there. But you know, we'll come up with more more places to play. So we're we're all about getting everyone a chance to to be at the table. Well, that's the big thing is you know most GMs we're going to make it work. We want you to play. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there's a misnomer that people people look at a lot of the Adepticon events because they are tournaments and they think there's only a fixed number of seats, not even realizing some of those tournaments that they're happy to scale up. That it's just the problem of, can they get any more tables? Can they, at that point, who else, who are the other big demand games playing? Um, And obviously over at the Renaissance, that's a bigger problem than for us at the Hyatt. Uh, At least it seemed like to me that the ebb and flow of the table demand for you guys wasn't, wasn't as hard as it was over at the uh, at the Renaissance where everybody was jockeying for elbow room. No, not at all. And that, you know, we talk about advantages of the Hyatt. That's one of the big ones is we have space. You know, you're not going to be, everyone's not going to be right next to each other, every table right next to each other. Right, right. Well, what other events do you have? I know Lard America, I guess, is going to show up and uh, and do some stuff. Yeah, they're actually running two days of events this year um, across the spectrum of the two Fat Lardies games. Um, I know they have several sharps practice, several chain of command, and those are all going to be event participation games. So, you know, 
knowledge of rules not required. Just show up and excellent. <laughs> Those are My the best kind. Yeah, exactly. Kind of why I say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can someone teach me, please? Yeah. Of oh, course, that's man. how we ended up doing a podcast about Blood Red Skies. So I should be careful of doing that, I guess. Oh, I act like I know games and rules all the time. Um, <laughs> Saga has several events going on. They're actually going to be in the Good. room you guys were in last year. So okay. that way they can run their late night games, late night open play. Everyone's happy there. So nice. Well, and there's, um, there's still plenty of room for open play in the main area as well. It's, it seemed like to me that, that you know, like you said, with the ebb and flow, that there were a lot of people that would you know pick up you know whatever random miniature game they wanted to play or even we even say hex encounter games you know there were there were a couple board games that came out at, at various times uh so I, I think i think the hyatt's a good set a good setting for the historicals it's it's frustrating to be in a different part of the venue i get it absolutely but it's there's a lot of flexibility there i guess is, is what i'm trying to say you know and i'm looking to have actually dedicated open gaming tables in different areas more like in maybe like the hallways or some like the open right. areas so that way hey if it's 2 a.m and you really want to go play corsair leader or something you have that option <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i think that that gives people a chance to at least stay late meet up whatever and exactly and you know because main ballroom i gotta protect you know the terrain stuff is out there things like that so right. that's why we have certain schedules but you know if we can have stuff open to play 24 7 i am all about that Perfect. Because I get my eight hours of beauty sleep every night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be uh, snuggled up with Casey. So uh, Casey's my roomie. Brett and Steve will be all shacked up together. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, well, no, it, you know the the Hyatt, the flexibility of the Hyatt is gonna is gonna help out a lot for for some of the games and some of the the more narrative less tournament games because I think a lot of people. When they look and sign up for stuff, they they may not be a tournament player, but they're not real sure about okay, how's this narrative game going to be? Is it going to be crammed in a corner some somewhere? Uh, kind of not be kind of side sidelined and not be part of the the main show. But you know, in the Hyatt, there's it's it's well lit. It's not like we were in the Heresy Room a couple of years ago where it was dark and dank and <laughs> you couldn't read your <laughs> dice. Uh, but you know, it's it, I think it's a it's a really good setup for all that. What other are there any other big uh, big ticket? Uh, game companies uh, coming over or other event organizers doing anything big. I know uh, you guys no, have a lot of your own personal stuff that you got. Yeah. Saying, I was going to have Don uh, talk about that here in a second, but uh, knuckle dusters, running some gunfighters ball over good. there. Uh, Stargrave and Frostgrave will be over to Hyatt as well. Um, I hit on the saga tournaments already. So I mean, that's, that's the main kind of pill. Our main pillars are warlord saga and battlefront. Yeah, I know you guys are writing some blood red skies. Um, yep. We got a we'll tournament be BRS and, uh, and furball. For, yep, we'll do the furball, which will be fun. Uh, Friday night uh, until who knows. I, I I don't think Steve is going to break out the B seventeen of shots. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, if you Steve, do, that I'll was be a terrible right idea. With you, man. <laughs> exactly, Steve. That's a terrible idea, and I will definitely not participate in that. Um, but so our our tentative plan. I say tentative because some of this is on the schedule, some of it isn't yet. Uh, but tentatively, Lead Pursuit uh, would say that Friday is going to be the big night for the Furball, which is really more of a social event. Uh, you don't have to know how to play Blood Red Skies. Uh, you're not going to fly a whole squad. You're going to fly one, maybe two airplanes. And it's kind of a bizarre cross between a demo game and the grinder or, uh, or what was the, the one, Brett, thinking, Steve, what did you guys play? 
we played it was called the grind but i'm kind of thinking like a mix of gaslands meets blood red skies meets <laughs> like yeah i think steve's gonna, gonna fly to the bomber that's gonna orbit in the middle of the target area and everyone's just gonna try to dogpile on that's yeah, not a bad idea. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking of actually what I'm going to take for this furball. Maybe one lone B-17G is the way to go, right? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. It. I think that's that's what it's going to be. But the good and thing is- every boom is a shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it could be a very short night. Uh, we'll see how that all works out. But that's Friday really is going to be, once again, a chance for us to have fun, get to know everybody. Play a little bit of, quote, Blood Red Skies, but not be super competitive about it. Um, The tournament, where you want to be super competitive, will be the next morning, uh, Saturday. So somewhere between 10 to 4, I think, is uh, is the block they threw us in there. So plenty of time to knock out a couple rounds, uh, watch Brett be a jerk with his BF109s again, or whatever his denial list of the year is going to be, and then uh, see who the best Air Commodore for Adepticon is going to be. I will be then running over and doing the uh, Aeronautica Imperialis uh, narrative event, 6 to 10. There is also a Heresy uh, Aeronautica Imperialis event run previously in the schedule. I believe it's on Friday, I think, is when Dave is running. And Dave's an awesome guy, um, part of the Adepticon core team. And he's running a Heresy era one, so I'll probably be trying to find a way to play in that game uh, and bring my heresy imperial fists out uh but uh then we'll have plenty of time for narrative games so i think thursday there's a rough schedule that don shamed me into don you big jerk uh i think we're doing mig alley right that's what you said you're welcome i hate you so uh brett that means bring your b29s <laughs> find a way to pack those up uh but yeah we'll do we'll do a large mig alley scenario and really to be honest, that's uh, a lot based off of what Steve and I and Matt and Mitch Reed and everybody saw at uh, the Pax River Air Museum. So we did a really cool, really big uh, McAlley scenario, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Steve, I don't know. What, was it a lot of fun or was I just having fun because we're pushing little airplanes around? Man, I loved it. I uh, I thought it was great. If you haven't played McAlley Blood Red Skies before, it was... Uh Man, it's really just a very different game and a very different dynamic to how the aircraft interact with the other aircraft on the table. So, uh, yeah, I would say if you're, say, Korea curious, uh, <laughs> exactly. Thursday night would be the be the time to check out that game. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that, and that'll be a a good chance to uh, to get some of those models out that we have to dust off our Korea ones we don't get to play with a whole lot. Uh, and then Sunday, there's a, obviously going to be another BRS narrative event of some kind. But guys are going to be packing up. I know a couple of the team is leaving on Sunday. Brett and I are holding out till Monday, so uh, we'll we'll host whatever narrative event we can come up with <laughs> with whatever's left, uh, and go from there. And then. Unfortunately, I, I don't know why Mike agreed to this. Mike, this is yet another terrible idea. You should have said no to. Uh, the Lead Pursuit team and Mitch from No Dice, No Glory are going to be wandering around podcasting together. That's a horrible idea. How did you How did you agree to that? I agreed to all kinds of horrible ideas. That's why I could be on Trial at the Hague next week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, you know, I look at... Um, Star Wars, where they have, you know, that giant podium and all these podcasters and live streamers and 40Ks, all that. And I'm like, why can't we? Yeah, we we we? need to. It's historical. And and I know Mitch and I have been talking and we he and I come from two very different perspectives on it. Uh, Mitch is far more of a conventional 
roaming man on the street interview kind of guy. Uh, I'm because I'm an arrogant jerk. Uh, I enjoy being in front of the camera. I want to be the flashy showy podcast and streaming games and stuff like that. Uh, the, the reality is there may be nobody who wants to see streamed blood red skies game. So maybe we'll have to stream some bolt action or something. <laughs> but, uh, I, I think we need to bring a little bit of the modern world to the historical side and, and drag in some of the, uh, the video and podcasting, uh, to, to make that at least draw some attention to what we're doing over there. And like you said earlier, we make the effort, we see what we can do with it. If it gets traction, great. If it doesn't, we reevaluate and try something different next year. I just want to put Don in front of the camera for at least five minutes and make him have oh, to he's talk our about how much, how much he loves Blood Red Skies. And it is his favorite aerial combat game. Don, you're, you're up for that, right? I do love it. Steve, <laughs> Steve has made me love it. I would be, I I would just, be happy to be is, the face of Blood Red give- Skies. This is where I get to give a shout out to Steve Gusky. Thank you for converting Don. Don, for the last nearly a year, has busted my balls about Blood Red Skies. And then he sat down at Shore Wars and played with you guys. And now he loves Blood Red Skies. And now I don't get the complaints of what is this stupid game system with these stupid boom chits? And how do you think this is any fun? <laughs> so welcome to the team, Don. I think that's a unfair characteristic of my my opinion on it I, I i never thought it was terrible i just thought it was odd that that that's it i i try never to say a, a rule set is, odd bad is a nice because, well i'm it, you 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 love the game and i had problems with it i, I neither one of us is right We're, we can both be right i just don't say it's a bad rule set you know it's because who am i i'm, I'm not right about everything you, you might love it and it's that's fine you know but i am i am i am definitely seeing more of the intricacies and the finesse that are involved in that game that I didn't see with just a passing level of experience with the game. So it, it's much more involved than I oh, thought yeah. it was. So I, I would say my I I, I'm evolving my evolving my opinion of it. <laughs> that's the difficulty that we've had on the podcast is trying to communicate to people that the more you play the game, all of a sudden more tactical depth shows up, and there's. There's more things you didn't know. And like Steve alluded to, you, you go play Megali and career rules and all of a sudden the laws of physics are all totally different. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun game to dig into and to kind of, kind of build on. So you, because you love the game so much, I hear you're actually considering doing some Blood Red Skies yourself there. I, uh, we're running four games this year. Yeah. If, if I miss it, Mike can catch up. Yeah. We have this idea that, See, we're, we're we're like a team of good idea fairies here. So that's you know, not every, what I need, by the way. Thank you very much. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> you don't even want to know we have planned for Depticon 2024, 2025, <laughs> even some early 2026. But you know, we have this idea right now of linking games together so that it's not just, you know, hey, you come play your event game and that's it. Obviously, that's fun. We don't want to take away anything away from that. But the idea of, hey, well, I'm going to play a Blood Red Skies or a Victory of Sea game, and that's going to affect a game happening later. You know, one, it might help the player engage a bit more of a couple of different game systems, or just give them a sense of, hey, I'm contributing to something a little bit larger than just my standalone game here. So on Friday, we're running what we call Guadalcanal Day. So in the morning, we're going to do the Second Naval Battle of Guadalcanal. That's Washington, South Dakota versus Kirishima and a bunch of Japanese cruisers when they were trying to bombard Henderson Field at night. 
And then we're also going to run a Blood Red Skies game, a uh, bomber escort mission where the Japanese are trying to bomb an American field and a bunch of Wildcats trying to stop them. And then depending on how those games go, we're doing a bold action game in the afternoon that those will affect. So, you know, maybe if the bombers get through, Japanese get an airstrike. You know, if the naval bombardment is particularly vicious, the Marines might start with some pin markers, or maybe the Japanese got bombarded at night. Well, it's just going to depend how that goes. We don't want something to be too major that now one side can't win, just enough to know, hey, this was affected by an earlier game. Yeah, absolutely. And that's always fun because we've done that for 40K, AI, and kill team games that have all kind of affected each other and, and hopefully not unbalanced the game. Uh, too much, but uh, but at least have allowed you to influence it through what the other game systems have been doing. So that sounds fun. Exactly. And, you know, it's the, if you want to try a couple game systems out, now at least, hey, they're interactive. In in essence, with the combined arms, you know, like the thought behind that. Right, and then this right. was game was originally going to be on Saturday, but we moved it to Sunday because there's a lot of other events on Saturday, and Sunday's a little bit light, which it normally is. People want to go home and are kind of hungover and broke by that point. So... We're doing Gettysburg in the Warlord Epic scale using Black Powder. We're doing Day 2, basically the entire uh, Peach Orchard, Wheatfield, Devil's Den, Little Round Top area. Think the movie Gettysburg. That's what we're doing. Nice, nice. That should be epic, I will say. <laughs> ha <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> The big epic part is if Don finally gets his uh, Tom Berenger beard in. Oh, jeez. that. <laughs> I think we're going to be in beard and mustache hell there, but that's all right. You're going to want to be there for that, Doug. No, 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 I won't. That will not be a video episode of the Lead Pursuit podcast. That will be audio only. <laughs> oh, no, that's It'll be a good. video episode of the new podcast that we'll make, you know, five minutes beforehand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come up with something new. Uh, well, what else? Uh, any other cool games that you guys uh, are going to either participate in or are looking forward to for this year's Adepticon? I mean, sadly, I don't get to participate in too much just because, you know, kind of busy slash lazy. I don't know. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of just trying to make sure everything is running smoothly to the point where I don't necessarily want to tie myself down to playing a game for four hours. It's not fair to the GM or to other participants. Um, I, On a personal note, I'm incredibly excited about the new Battletech Kickstarter, which is launching at um, Adepticon, and we're pretty happy to have that. And Hopefully, you know, Catalyst will have some uh, preliminary mock-ups and stuff, so that'll be exciting. Don and I have something planned for 2024, which we've called Thunder Gun Express, so we'll <laughs> see, you know, how that develops over the next year. Yeah, I've I've been ignoring Battletech because I just don't need to go down that slippery slope. I mean, I loved the old, old game, and I just don't want to get back into another game. I have enough trouble with guys like Casey and Matt that have gotten me back into Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, damn it. I didn't want to buy more miniatures. So yeah. Yeah. I told myself that Battletech. Then I backed to Kickstarter level. So I'm going to be a named character at some point. And (laughs) you know, then Barnes and Noble had all the stuff post Christmas half off and I bought my town out of them. (laughs) So yeah. (laughs) Like I would be the mayor of all things Battletech. Yes. Yeah. No, that's, I don't have a problem. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're Donnie, you're with a cash flow problem. Yeah, right. Uh, I think we, I mean, you covered all the stuff that's really quite interesting. I'm sure there's going to be something over at the Marriott that uh, 
it, it, you know, at Depticon, it's always, you could just walk through and find something that you're interested in. You may not even know about it. And I think that's one of the yeah, really cool things about that's it. That's my is, problem. Like, uh, what was that? Well, but that's uh, why I can't plan. I, I show up and I'm like, oh. Yeah. That Gladiator game, Mike, uh, Arena Rex or something like that. I didn't, Arena I, didn't Rex. Even, I didn't even know about this game. I'm walking by and I see it. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty sweet. I got to get me some of that. Yeah. And then I never did. But I, I haven't forgotten it. So, so, so what... Y- what year was that that you did that? Because that was, uh, Arena Rex uh, is a is a sore spot. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, uh, three three years ago, I think, wasn't it, Mike? Twenty nineteen, because it was the it was a year right yeah. before the pandemic. Um, so, and that was yeah. when Chris was getting out of Arena Rex. So, literally, he he had bought all his Arena Rex stuff, got out of Arena Rex, and Steve, I think you were the guy in 22 that was like, hey, look at this cool game, Arena Rex. I'm going to get all this oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that was me. Wanted, yeah, that was you. And Chris is like, dude, you totally missed me by like three years. Oh, yeah, that's me. Sold I got a whole stuff. bunch of unpainted Arena Rex stuff sitting in the basement right now for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm about to yeah. have my uh, unpainted Lord of the Rings stuff join it. So, Well, that doesn't – that started that one easy. That doesn't take – that doesn't take away from how cool it is, okay? When you see it and you got to buy it. <laughs> I, I just, over Christmas here, I just bought a game that I haven't even thought about playing for years. I, I bought a starter for uh, Song of uh, Fire and Ice or whatever it is, the Game of Thrones miniatures nice. game. Nice. Yeah, so now yep. I've got that to paint yep. on top of everything else. Well, I laugh because a buddy of mine back in South Carolina called me up and said, hey, man, you know, we, we're going to do our standard 40K holiday game in january if you're going to drive back to uh uh to beaufort you know hey come join us and i'm like dude do you think i've either painted or played anything 40k in the last three years (laughs) i'm like there's there's nothing different i haven't even tried the new rules i don't have any miniatures to support it i'll be screwed Uh, so who knows maybe that will still happen uh here in late january maybe i'll end up driving back there with my wife and go play some 40k ninth edition are we on now i guess something like that whatever it might be 10th by then yeah exactly (laughs) it doesn't matter i've missed like two editions so i'm good but yeah so that that is the problem with adepticon is there's there's too many cool games too many cool things to see um and you just get suckered into buying more and, and playing more so that that's a good time well guys Thanks for being on. Are there anything in closing you guys want to bring up that we've either missed talking about for Adepticon itself uh, or for the events that are going to be hosted there in the historical side over at the Hyatt? No, I think we hit everything we need to hit. Um, You know, obviously, we're incredibly open to feedback. If people want to see a certain thing other than, yes, we can't just go back to the Marriott guys. I get it. But we got to make this work right now. you know, we're very open suggestions. We want to hear from people. Um, so, you know, comment our Facebook page, message us. That's where, you know, I see that. Other higher ups at Depticon see that. You know, we try to respond to as much stuff as possible. Um, other than that, registration, it's it opens live January 8th. That's this coming up Sunday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Outstanding. Shortly before I start playing Panzer Blitz with a bunch of other dusty old war gamers pushing hexes and counters around. <laughs> yeah, be in front of your computer. I, exactly. The, the funny part is for years we've always had an issue where like carts would crash, things would go slow. And that was never on our end. It was the software. We were just overloading this company oh, that yeah. we were using. You know, and it's a testament to how popular Depticon is. And you know, we've we've worked with them and it 
it's last year was smooth. This year's going to be, you know, knock on wood, very optimistic. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of cart computer, again, so VIG is a lottery still this year. Correct. I'm not 100 percent sure okay. on that. That's fine. Sorry, didn't mean to put you on the spot. All right, we'll find out because I know that that is always the the running joke is Brett is the usual VIG winner, <laughs> no matter whether it's lottery or whatever. Uh, so we'll uh, we always enjoy how much swag you get at Adepticon. So absolutely, it's, it's bring an extra suitcase uh, and figure out who you can bless with extra war games when you come home. And wait, Brett, you still own me a freaking Dominion set, don't you? <laughs> Move your head over. Yeah, look, look. Yeah, exactly. Look back there. Yeah, it's probably sitting right there. Yep, yep. Jerk. Yeah, that guy saw an Age of Sigmar last year, so you know, chuck another uh, game on the list. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, cool. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. We're looking forward to Adepticon. It is obviously becoming a lead pursuit tradition. And thanks for rolling out the red carpet for us because you guys really have. You've you've said, you know, come be a supporter, help out the team. Uh, so we're going to do what we can. And hopefully Steve and I will not be technologically challenged and we'll get all the streaming gear working right so we can stream some historicals and uh, let people watch what's going on, even if they can't attend. Because it is, it's it's an awesome time. There's a lot of different games being played, and there's just no way to see it all, even if you're there. So, no, I have to, every year I'm like, wait, this was going on. Where was this? Yeah, but, exactly. How did I miss yeah, that? We appreciate you guys and helping out, and you know, we're obviously we're looking forward to it just as much as you are. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Well, if uh, if you have comments about the podcast, please leave us some feedback. And as Steve says. Keep climbing for advantage, you filthy animals. I just picked up the mosquito for uh, DCS, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. And the F-18. Yeah, I, I figured Doug can fly an F-18, I could do it. If you need any BFM lessons in DCS, you come see me. I know what's going on. Yeah, right Steve now. knows everything about dogfighting. <laughs> like turn left and turn right. But I think we've we've summarized his knowledge right there with that.